0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Football, Not Soccer, with your host, Daniel Cervantes. Once again, a podcast dedicated to the beautiful game. We're focusing today on Mexican and German football. Once again, we have some good stuff going on here. La Liga MX, Liga de Expansión MX, Liga MX Femenil, the Bundesliga, 2 Bundesliga, Bundesliga, Frauen Bundesliga, the DFB Pokal, that crazy action going on there. And then, of course, some more January transfers. The transfer window is just about over. We're reaching the end of this January transfer window. There's a lot of exciting moves going on. as The deadline is rapidly closing in on us. We got ourselves some good stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about, of course, those leagues in the order that I mentioned. We have some good action coming up here. Honestly, I'm quite excited to be back in this one. We're back once again, finally, in the Camp Student Radio Production booth. It's been a little while, a bit of a hiatus since this booth has been used. Um, Unfortunately, uh, due to issues not in our control, we're finally finally back and getting into action. So we're happy to be back here. I'm really excited to get going. But we'll see how things go. Happy to be on this good equipment. Once again, happy and thankful to be back here in this one, giving this uh, podcast to you all. So right ahead, we'll go right into our action with La Liga MX with the Clausura 2024 Match Day 3, which happened over the course of this last weekend. We had some good results there last Friday, opening up the match day. It was a one-all draw between Puebla and Toluca, and then the other match of that one, a one-all draw between Tijuana and Chivas de Guadalajara. Saturday's affairs were a bit more were similarly close, though we did have some decisive results throughout the course of this weekend. First of all, we had Cruz Azul taking down Mazatlán at home, two to one, a good victory there. León defeating Santos Laguna narrowly in a close one, three to two. Monterey then took down Atletico de San Luis at home three to one in what was my game of the match day. Both of these teams did play quite well ultimately though. It was San Luis coming out on top with that one. And frankly, I was expecting a little bit more fight out of San Luis. Unfortunately, not much can be said. Monterrey just very dominant with a big brace by Brandon Vasquez, picking up the goals in the 15th and 39th minutes, in order to help his team get over there. The lone goal scored by San Luis being from Mateo Klimowicz. Canales, though, Sergio Canales did pick up what was the final goal, the final goal in the 56th minute, the dagger in this one. Ultimately, a good affair there for Monterrey as they picked up a good home victory in this one. Then on s- continuing on with the matchups, the last game on Saturday was a scoreless draw between Necaxa and América. On Sunday, to wrap up Match Day Three, it was a opened up with Pumas getting a big win at home over Pachuca three to one, Atlas narrowly defeating Juárez at home two to one, and Guerrero defeating Tigres. Well, no, not defeating Tigres. My mistake. Picking up a one-all draw with Tigres. One-all to wrap up match day three. Match day four, meanwhile, was a mid-week match day. We were keeping the action going. It started actually about a week ago. We mentioned that briefly. Last week on Wednesday the 24th, a bit of a wild one there, opened up with Tigres defeating San Luis 2-1 on the road. A close one, monterey through a one-all draw. And America defeating Juarez on the road, 2-0. The match day then continued this past Tuesday. We had a good a couple of good games there. Cruz Azul defeated Tijuana at home 1-0, very close victory there. Mazatlan then picked up a two-all draw with Leon. Santos Laguna handily defeated Puebla at home 3-0 and a good victory for them. And Chivas picked up the very close win at home over Toluca 3-2. On Wednesday, just a couple of days ago, Pachuca narrowly defeated Atlas in an exciting affair 4-3. That's what you can call a certified shootout there. And then Pumas picked up the 2-all draw with Necaxa, which was also equally exciting, the one that went down to the wire and was a fun one to watch. Match day 5, then finally, is the one we're coming up on today. Opening up is a pair of matches. Later today, we're going to have Queretaro take on Cruz Azul at 6 o'clock in the evening, Mountain Standard Time. And then we're going to have Puebla taking on Mazatlan at the 8 o'clock frame. Tomorrow will be the busiest day of the match day. We're going to have Toluca taking on León and Juarez taking on the Caxa, both at the 4 o'clock slate. Then it will be Tigres taking on Pumas de Unam at 6.05 and Pachuca taking on Tijuana at 6.10. And then we're going to have America taking on Monterrey at 8.10 to wrap up Saturday's affairs on Sunday. Just a pair of matches. Atlas versus Santos Laguna at 5.00 and then San Luis taking on Chivas at 6.00. My pick of this match day will be between América and Monterrey. That prime time game tomorrow night. The battle between the two teams currently at the top of the Clausura table. Both teams are currently even up on points and goal differentials, so not much is actually between them. You could go either way. Overall, though, these teams also were the respective top and bottom teams of the Apertura. They've both been very good as of late. America did have that draw in their last time out in Monterrey, that close victory, uh, that victory against San Luis. However, in the head-to-head matchup, it's actually Monterrey just narrowly ahead with 15 wins as of late. Meanwhile, looking at our insights, things to keep an eye out for. Currently, our offenses, America is ranked 6th in average goals, whereas Monterrey, one of the most prolific scorers over the entire season, ranked 2nd in the league in average goals per game. However, America do have a bit of momentum on their side. They have defeated Monterrey in the last two times they played and America is undefeated in their last 7 matches. On the other side of things, Monterrey, they are they have not been defeated in five straight tries. And then Sergio Canales, as we mentioned earlier, he has had the most shots on target per match from Monterrey. He's averaging 2.2 shots on target this season for Monterrey and hey, this last time out he picked up a goal there, picking up that late goal. Last weekend. And so honestly, we got ourselves a fantastic one here. America versus Monterey. Once again, that is my pick of match day five for La Liga MX. Moving on to La Liga de Expansión MX. Talking about match days three through five here. And looking at match day three, which wrapped up funnily enough on Sunday. We saw Mineros de Zacatecas wrapping up the match day by taking down Atlético Morelia on the road. A close one, 2-1, to one, to wrap up match day three. A very calm ending there. Match day four then happened very, very briefly in the middle of this week. On Tuesday, just one matchup as Tlaxcala narrowly defeated Cimarrones de Sonora on the road, 2-1. to one. Wednesday was a bulk of the affair. As we saw, Alebrijes de Oaxaca narrowly defeating Atlante 2-1 on the road. Venados narrowly defeating Dorados on the road 3-2. And what I believe, I recall, was my game of the match day. Honestly, this one was a fantastic result. I'm actually quite happy that my prediction did come true. I was hoping that this one would be great. After all, 3-2 to road victory. Venados ultimately coming out on top. The goal-scoring sequence, it was Jesus Lopez putting up Venados on top in the fifth minute, so quite early there. Then, from that point on, it was actually all Dorados. Daniel Lopez picked up the goal in the equalizer in the 39th minute. Then the 51st minute, not very long, out of half, Cristian Canozales picked up what was, you know, maybe Dorados was hoping that would be the game winner just ahead. A lot of yellow cards are traded. However, 62nd minute, Luciano Nekekar picking up the equalizer there, and finally, just a couple minutes later, William Guzman picking up the game-winning goal in the 71st minute, Venados able to snatch the victory away from Dorados on the road, and I'm happy, I'm quite happy that my prediction for game of the match today did come true, so I was really hoping for that one, but it was a very exciting affair on Wednesday. The last game on Wednesday, though, Corte Caminos getting the win, 3-1 at home over Cancun, say the least... Cancun's not having the best start to their championship defense. They've actually had some tough losses to open up their championship defense, so something to keep an eye out for. But Cancun a lot slower than we would hope. Looking at it continuing though, yesterday wrapped up the big bulk of the match day. We had Atlético La Paz taking down Tapatillo on the road 2 0. And then in my conflict of interest game, Leones Negros de Udeje taking down Mineros de Zacatecas on a close one, a very exciting one. On the road, 1-0. Looking at the match day, the match day does continue. Of course, the funky scheduling of La Liga de Expansión. Sunday, the match day will wrap up with Tepatitlan taking on Atlético Morelia at 3.05 in the afternoon. Match day five will then kick off next week on Tuesday. Actually, it will kick off on Sunday. So we're having a very interesting scheduling here. So Sunday, the match day will actually kick off With Vanados taking on Mineros de Zacatecas, so a bit of a scheduling, interesting scheduling going on. Uh, The week is not going as normal as hoped. Then on, that will be actually, that game will be at 6.05, that's so funny. Tuesday, the match day will then continue with Celaya versus Dorados at 4.05 in the evening, afternoon. And then Alebrijes de Oaxaca taking on Corte Caminos del UAT. That's the 6 o'clock frame there. Wednesday night, it'll be Cimarrones versus Tapatio at 6. And El La Paz versus Atlante at 8. And Thursday, we're going to see atletico Morelia taking on Tlaxcala at 8.05, the lone game there. There is a game on Friday. We'll talk about that one a bit more in next week's show. However, Game of the Match Day, my prediction for Game of the Match Day is Celaya versus Dorados. Currently... These teams are in 3rd and ninth, respectively, in the table, which sounds pretty far until you remember that the gap between them is alone. It's just a simple two points, so they're actually not that far in all things considered. So Celaya currently leading in that respective one on the table as well as on the head-to-head 6-3 and 2 as of currently. These teams, though, both of them did finish outside of the bracket this last time in the Apertura, 11th and 14th. However, there is some more hope. It's the second week in a row that Dorados is in there for the, you know, game of the matchday, you know, role there. I'm really interested in the fact that Celaya, they've scored 11 goals in their last five matches. They have been very proficient in scoring this season. They're continuing to keep that offense going. Meanwhile, dorados they scored five goals in the last five matches not nearly as prolific however you know they were close to condemn last week but just could not get the victory there so honestly i think my edge goes to celaya they are at home they have a favorable situation there but match day five my game of the match day this one celaya versus dorados and so with that we're going to go ahead and move on down to the Top women's league, La Liga MX Femenil, with match day five, which happened over the course of this last weekend. So there was a couple matches on Thursday of last week, which we briefly mentioned, where Friday of last week was the big bulk of the match day, where we saw León narrowly taking down América on the road. That was a big, big, big victory for León there. Um... Afterwards, we saw Pumas de Unam blowing out, well, not really blowing out, but handily defeating San Luis on the road 3-0. Toluca, then this one's a blowout. Absolute destruction. Toluca 6-0 over Mazatlán at home. Just nowhere remotely a close affair there. Then Pachuca handily defeated Querétaro at home 4-1. And Tigres uh, defeated Tijuana at home 2-0 to wrap up match day three on Friday of last week. Not three, five. My numbers are all off today. Match day six was then a very, very tight midweek match day. As it's actually, once again, another victim of really weird scheduling. The majority of the games have already been played. Well, they're going to be officially all of the majority will be played as of tonight. Yesterday, the match day did open up with Tigres narrowly defeating Cruz Azul on the road 2-1. to Chivas picking up the same result on the road over Querétaro. Mazatlan then defeating San Luis at home 3-1. to and Tijuana picking up the one all draw with Puebla. The match day will actually resume later tonight. We have America versus Monterrey at 6 and Leon versus Juarez at 6. Then tomorrow it will continue with an 11 in the morning matchup just Pumas versus Pachuca. On Sunday it will be Santos Laguna versus Atlas at 5 in the evening. And Monday it will be Necaxa versus Toluca to wrap up the match day at 4 in the afternoon. I am saying that my pick of the match day that remains is America versus Monterrey. Teams that are currently in second and fifth in the table, respectively, separated by three points. Um, those those teams did finish really close to each other, second and fourth, respectively, with America, the team up front. It was a bit longer of a gap, a six point gap at the end of that, Apertura. However, both of these teams have been playing quite good. Their offenses have been very proficient. America, 13 goals in the last five matches. Monterrey, though, 18 goals in their last five matches. They have been uh, popping off to say the very least. Um, however, Monterey has absolutely had America's number. They are 5-0-0 in their head-to-head matchup. Monterey has been fantastic in handling Las Aguilas, so we'll see what happens in that regard. However, we got some good action there. Once again, my pick of this remaining match day, match day six, America versus Monterey. It's a little hard to make these picks of the match days for these match days just because the scheduling is all sorts of messed up, but you know what? We're fine with that. We can, we can make it work. However, we're going to have to look ahead because Match Day 7, again, the very, very funky scheduling of the Mexican leagues that are not the top one Liga MX, really is just making us have to really adapt as next week, the Match Day will kick off. Match Day 7 will kick off on Thursday with Querétaro taking on América at 4 o'clock, Atlas versus Tijuana at 6.06, and Juarez versus Mazatlan at 8.10. So briefly just touching on those teams there as they get back into action on Match Day 7, and then, you know, of course, go over the remainder of the weekend. We'll mention those, of course, in next week's episode. So now that with that, we're going to move over to the German side of football, looking over at the league that has a little bit more of, you know, clean scheduling. I I will admit I do like the clean scheduling of the German leagues a little bit more. They're a little bit more comprehensible and easy to manage, if I will be quite frank. So first of all, match day 19, of course, was over the course of this last weekend. We had ourselves, once again, some fantastic matchups. And first of all, we're going to talk about Friday's matchup being Frankfurt versus Mainz, which ended in a close 1-0 victory for Eintracht Frankfurt to open up the match day last Friday. I believe that was during the recording or right before, right after the recording. 1-0 victory, though, for Frankfurt to open up the match day. Then the big bulk of the match day Saturday's action. Bayern Munich narrowly defeated Augsburg on the road 3-2 in order to keep pace with Leverkusen at the top of the table, still behind, but that gap is quite narrow. Hoffenheim and Heidenheim then ended up a one-all draw. Stuttgart then took on Red Bulls of Leipzig, which ended up being my game of the match day. And this game was a very exciting one, but very much so for Stuttgart fans. A 5-2 handy defeat of Stuttgart at home over Leipzig. Plain and simple, Red Bulls were outplayed. So first of all, there was the Enzo Malot penalty given up in the 25th minute. Already right there, Stuttgart on top. And then they gave up the hat trick to Deniz Undov. Man absolutely was dominant on Saturday. Picking up goals in the 30th, 56th, and 75th minute. Helping his team coast to a nice and comfortable victory with another goal thrown in there just for the heck of it. 48th minute, Jamie Luling getting himself the goal there. That ultimately was the fifth one. As Stuttgart picked up a fantastic margin. Red Bull scores a pair of goals there. It was Benjamin Sesko scoring in the 32nd minute with the assist by David Raum. And then it was the second goal in the 55th minute. Ikoma Lois Openda picking up the goal in the 55th with Nicholas Seawold providing the assist but once again just flat out domination once again major props of course to Undav picking up a hat trick is immensely hard and so to pick up a hat trick against a very good squad in the Bundesliga deserves all the credit deserves all the praise and so that was a fantastic game to watch and I'm so happy that that pick of the match day proved out fruitful continuing on with the rest of the match day's action Saturday Werder Bremen then defeated Freiburg at home three to one Wolfsburg and Cologne ended in a one all draw and then Bayer Leverkusen picked up the scoreless draw with Borussia Monchengladbach so many opportunities for Leverkusen my Leverkusen to get the victory but unfortunately unable to squeak out the goal that they needed and so only picking up a point dropping two points at home something that can definitely allow Bayern to catch up which we'll touch on briefly when we're looking at the next match day Sunday, the match day did wrap up though. Union Berlin narrowly defeated Darmstadt at home 1 0, trying to stay out of the relegation zone. And Borussia Dortmund defeated Bochum at home 3 1. Looking ahead now, we peek at match day 20, which is already in progress. The match between Heidenheim and Borussia Dortmund is currently in action. It's actually in the 90th minute. Almost over, so they're in stoppage time. It's currently a scoreless draw, this being recorded at uh, currently 2.25 in the afternoon here, Mountain Standard Time in Tucson. Uh, tomorrow's matchups is where the big bulk of action continues. Tomorrow we're going to see Bayern Munich taking on Borussia Mönchengladbach. We'll then see Mainz versus Werder Bremen, Freiburg versus Stuttgart, which is currently, actually this is a good one, the Schwaben Derby. We're going to touch on this one briefly. You're going to see why. Freiburg vs. Stuttgart, Darmstadt vs. Leverkusen, and then Bakum vs. Augsburg as our seven thirty in the morning matches. Then our ten thirty game tomorrow morning will be Köln vs. Eintracht Frankfurt. On Sunday, the match day will wrap up with Wolfsburg vs. Hoffenheim at 730, and Red Bulls Leipzig vs. Union Berlin at 930. My pick of the match day is that match between Freiburg and Stuttgart historic old rivalry that I may probably uh, butchered the Badenschw- Badenschwaben Derby. Historic rivalry between these two teams. Also one with a bit of intrigue, even though, you know, Stuttgart, they have a nine-point gap on them at the table. Stuttgart, though, are still in a bit of a delicate situation. They're at third. They are tied with Borussia Dortmund on points with 37. However, it is only goal differential that's separating them. Four more goals scored by Stuttgart than conceded. Meanwhile, Freiburg find themselves in seventh, only three points behind Frankfurt, which is big because they might be able to squeeze their way into the Europa Conference League, that sixth-place spot being ever more important nowadays, try to get themselves into that European competition action. Teams are actually quite healthy right now, not too many injured and suspended players. Uh, just a lot of players on international duty, frankly, for Stuttgart. Because after all, the Africa Cup of Nations and Asian Cup are k- still currently in action. There are more injuries on Freiburg's side. About five key injuries. Meanwhile, looking at our key insights. Right now, offense is very much favored. The offensive matchup, very much favored in, for Stuttgart. They're currently ranked third in average goals per match at 2.3. Freiburg, only 12th in the table. 1.3 goals a game. However... Freiburg have been very good in their last seven home games, undefeated at home in their last seven tries. Also of note is the fact that these teams have not drawn in the last nine times they've played each other. If there is a matchup that's going to give us a decisive result, this is going to be that matchup. Also, what is good to keep in mind, though, is that Stuttgart are a team that gets into the box very often. They've been awarded the most penalties this season out of the Bundesliga sides, seven penalties awarded, so... If you're going to be Freiburg trying to defend, you got to be a little bit careful about the Stuttgart players getting into your box, getting into dangerous places, and potentially, just potentially, getting themselves some free trips to the dot. So it's going to be interesting. Of course, Freiburg, they're going to really have to lean on their defense. Their offense is just not on the same caliber as Stuttgart, which, you know, that's honestly, you know, that's not the big thing here. Defense, in my mind, always wins championships. So maybe we're going to see Freiburg be able to hold on. But Stuttgart, you know, they popped off for five goals this last weekend against Red Bulls. So Freiburg really have their work cut out for them. I really do think Stuttgart will probably get the victory here. Of course, we're going to have to wait and see. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and transition into the second level of men's football in Germany. Match the two Bundesliga. Match day 19 was another exciting match day. In the two Bundesliga, we had some pretty fun results overall over the course of the last weekend. We had, of course, our Friday match of last week being between actually the doubleheader. I almost forgot it was a doubleheader. Kaiserslautern handily defeating Schalke at home 4-1. And then Hannover 96 picking up a 3-0 shutout victory at home over Nuremberg to open up our match day last week. Then on Saturday, the big bulk of the action. We saw Hansa Rostock narrowly defeating Elversburg at home, two to one. Osnabrück and Paderborn ending in a scoreless draw. Van Wiesbaden then defeated Hertha Berlin at home, two to, three to one, and Saint Pauli narrowly defeated Fortuna Düsseldorf on the road, two one. On Sunday, to wrap up the match day, we had Eintracht Braunschweig narrowly defeating Magdeburg at home, one nil. Greuther Firth narrowly defeating Holstein Kiel a big one. This was my game of the match day, and it turned out to be actually a pretty accurate pick of the match day. So Greuther Firth, obviously, you know, in the table, they weren't, they were a little bit lower, but this win means so much because as a result of this win, they've actually leapfrogged Hamburger into the promotion playoff spots. Now, Greuther Firth actually really narrows the gap here with Holstein-Kiel. Now only behind them by one point as a result of the victory. Hamburger now behind them by a point. And so now, Furth really hold their destiny in their hands. However, let's take a look and give our, you know, give our acknowledgement to the players who made the impact. So first of all, Armindo Sieb picked up the goal in the 59th minute, the go-ahead goal to start it off. However, Kiel, not too easy to take down, as Patrick Eras, assisted by Lewis Holtby, picked up the equalizer in the 64th minute however that that equal that one all draw was very short-lived as Brennemir Hergota got behind the Holstein kill defense took it by himself put it past the keeper and gave Greuther Firth the game-winning goal the pivotal goal there at home getting that crowd energized getting such a big victory and it was a fantastic fantastic matchup to be honest I had high hopes for it both these teams really trying their hardest to fight for promotion coming up. And so to see a result like this, it's just so satisfying to watch. And then, right after on Sunday, we had another exciting, crazy game. Karlsruher picking up the narrow 4-3 road victory over Hamburger, which again, that win for Groyther Firth and the loss for Hamburger, allowing it to be now where Firth are now third in the table, in control of their own destiny, in that promotion playoff spot, that key, key promotion playoff spot. So we'll see how things go from there. But now we look ahead at match day 20, which is already in action. We've already had some matches wrap up. Magdeburg and Holstein Kiel played each other earlier today. It was a one-all draw there. And then Karlsruhe picked up a two-all draw with Ven Wiesbaden earlier today. The match day itself will continue tomorrow with a good set of matches, starting off with Nuremberg versus Osnabrück. Schalke versus Eintracht Braunschweig and St. Pauli versus Greuther Firth at 5 in the morning, then are 12:30 in the afternoon game being between Hertha Berlin and Hamburger. On Sunday it'll be Elversberg versus Kaiserslautern, Hannover versus Hansa Rostock and Paderborn versus Fortuna Dusseldorf at 5:30 in the morning. My game of the match day is St. Pauli versus Greuther Furth. The teams that are currently in 1st and 3rd in the table respectively. While the gap is four points, this has major implications for the promotion battle. St. Pauli currently only lead by three points over second-place Holstein Kiel. And again, Greuther Firth only a point behind Kiel in the promotion playoff spot. So now, you know, what seemed like a pretty stable base for St. Pauli earlier in the season is now becoming a little bit closer. They're now having to fight a little bit more to try and win the two Bundesliga title and, of course, get that automatic promotion to the top flight. Firth, they're fighting for everything. They're trying to get in to the top flight, get themselves in there, get some Bundesliga action come this fall, and we got ourselves a good setup just by extension of that. They're actually quite even on the head-to-head, 8, 6, and 8, as of their last good chunk of matches playing against each other. And our key insights, first of all, offensive-wise, St. Pauli has a bit more of an edge this season. They're ranked sixth in goals per match at 1.8. However, not far behind Firth, 11th in goals per match, 1.6. However, St. Pauli have been fantastic at home in the season. They're one of the top home sides this season in the 2 Bundesliga. They are a fantastic team when playing at home and they can get that home crowd energized. However, Greuther Firth, they're really good at getting shutouts. Nine shutouts again, I mentioned that last week. Of course, they didn't get the shutout there in their last matchup. But, again, they are very, very good at picking up shutouts. Their defense is very, very good at just keeping those guys from getting quality shots, keeping the goalkeeper clean, everything they need to try and get those scoreless, you know, try to get those shutouts, try to get those victories, maybe even at least a scoreless draw. And so, honestly, this is going to be a good one because I think off uh, offense will be able to step up that defense will be able to settle in and try to secure the victory against St. Pauli. And, hey, I'm always for shaking up, you know, the top of the table, getting us some interesting stuff going forward, you know. I'm excited for this. We'll see what kind of happens there. Moving on now to the Frauenbundesliga, the top flight of German women's football. Match day 11 over the course of this last weekend was an exciting match day. Last Friday I did mention the Werder Bremen victory over Bayer Leverkusen, 2-1 to one in favor of the hosts. On Saturday, we saw Freiburg defeat Leipzig on the road 2-0 to open up the Saturday slate of games. Then we saw, later that day, Bayern Munich getting the close 1-0 victory at home over Hoffenheim. On Sunday, we saw Eintracht Frankfurt narrowly defeating Köln at home 1-0. And Nuremberg narrowly defeating Duisburg in my match of the match day, the relegation battle. And this game was kind of funky. So first of all, Nurnberg's two goals were in the first three minutes, as Medina Desic and then Vanessa Heim picked up goals in the first and third minutes, respectively. Then offense was gone for a good chunk of time. Alexander Emmerling did pick up a goal for Duisburg in the 54th minute. However, it was not enough. And so in the end, the hosts pick up the loss. And Nurnberg, actually as a result of the Red bulls Leipzig loss that was sustained on the day before, on Saturday, have now moved out of the relegation zone. So Nürnberg pick up a key victory into trying to stay up into the top flight, the Frauenbundesliga, next season. Tough scene for Leipzig as they now just kind of fall into a tough spot. Um, Duisburg, though, remain at two points this season. They are continuing to have a brutal struggle this season. They are very much looking like a team that's going to get relegated. And then on Monday, the last day of the match day, Wolfsburg... Took down Essen on the road 3 to 1 to wrap it up. Looking ahead now, match day 20, not 2012, already in action. Hoffenheim defeated Duisburg earlier today 2 0 to open up the match day. Tomorrow we'll continue with the Red Bulls taking on Köln at home 4 o'clock in the morning matchup and Werder Bremen versus Nürnberg at 6. Sunday I'll be Leverkusen versus Wolfsburg at 6 and Eintracht Frankfurt versus Essen at 10.30. On Monday it'll be Bayern Munich versus Freiburg at 11:30 in the morning. My pick of this match day is going to be Frankfurt versus Essen. Teams that are currently in third and fifth, respectively. Frankfurt does have a six-point gap on Essen as it stands, so not the closest. If I'm going to be quite honest, however, Hoffenheim is nipping at Frankfurt's heels with 20 points. So a loss here for Frankfurt could watch them fall out of the. Uh, Champions women's champions league qualification cycle and maybe see their rivals Hoffenheim get in there. We shall see. It's a very even matchup overall, 6-2 and 5 in favor of Frankfurt. However, let's take a look at our key insights. Frankfurt currently ranked third in the league in goals scored per match at 2.1. In contrast, Essen seventh, not very far behind at one and a half goals. What is good for Essen right now is they're playing quite good on the road. They're unbeaten in their last four road trips, road games. And they're currently ranked 6th in shots per target per match, 4.7. So they are putting quality shots in the direction of net. However, they're also going to have to contend with the fact that Lara Prasnikar is one of the best players for for creating big chances. She has 6 so far in this season. She's really been good at setting up Anyomi, specifically the current leader in goals and assists with 5 and 2, respectively, in 10 matches played. So this could be a very close one. Essen will be playing with a lot of a lot of extra energy, I think, being on the road, knowing that a win here could do some damage and get them into a closer spot to potentially get to a European competition. This is going to be a tough one. I think this is going to be the best one this weekend, though. Match day 12, pick them up match day here. I do feel like Frankfurt does have a bit of an advantage, though. They're at home. But Essen, road warriors as of late, give them some hope. I would be pleasantly surprised to see a victory for them here. But I am going to expect that Frankfurt get the win, get their business done. So with that, we'll move on now to the DFB-Pokal quarterfinals, the German FA Cup. And we had some interesting games over the course of this last week. So on Tuesday, quarterfinals opened up with Fortuna Dusseldorf taking on St. Pauli and actually picking up the upset victory. So first of all, the match ended in a two-all draw. It was opened up with Vincent Vermeij picking up a penalty in the 38th minute, converting. Then Martel Marseille Hartel of Saint Pauli picked up a penalty and scored in the 60th minute. Then what looked like the game-winning goal in the 99th minute, because extra time, Tanaka gave Dusseldorf the lead. However, they couldn't the lead. However, they couldn't hold on, as in the first minute of 120th-minute stoppage time, Carlos Bukafa. Bukalfa picked up the game evening goal, first minute of 120th minute stoppage time, literally two hours into that affair, just after the head coach, Fabian Herzler, was double yellowed, actually red carded, so the St. Pauli coach had to leave a little early, and it was an exciting one, and so in penalties, ultimately it was Dusseldorf coming on top four to three. Because first of all, Eric Smith for St. Pauli opened up a scoring. Andre Hoffman for Dusseldorf equalized. Elias Saad picked up the goal 2-1. Christoph Deferner missed his. Danel Sanani picked up his goal 3-1. It looked like it was going to be over. Yannick Engelhart then answered for Dusseldorf 3-2. Moritz then picked up, missed his shot for St. Pauli. Ayo Tanaka evened it up on 3-3. Marcel Hartel then missed his. And Christos Tzolis picked up the game-winning penalty 3-4. And Dusseldorf advances as a result. Big, big win there. And then Wednesday, the other matchup, a bit more of a clean-cut one. Kaiserslauren actually got the win. I was expecting Hertha Berlin to pick up the victory, but Kaiserslauren pick up the win to advance. First of all, they set the tone immediately. Five minutes in, John Elvedi picking up the goal in the fifth minute. Then Richmond Tachi picked up a goal in the 38th minute with the assist from Arlen R- Marlon Ritter. Then all the way in the 69th minute, Philip Kalach picked up the go- the but essentially just a real dagger there. Third goal of the game. The game was well out of reach by this point as by the time the only goal for Hertha Berlin was scored between Fabian Reis, his 90th, his first minute of stoppage time goal. By that point, there was no hope. It was really just a pride goal there. You know, Hertha Berlin going home. Kaiserslauer and keeping the run alive. I really, again, you know, I was really expecting to see you know, potentially Hertha Berlin get the victory, but the Road Warriors they do what they got to do and they get a big, big win. So the quarterfinals will continue this week on Tuesday. This is going to be a tough one. It'll be My Leverkusen taking on Stuttgart for this one at home at the Bay Arena. That's going to kick off at twelve forty-five in the afternoon. I'm a little worried about this. So currently Leverkusen, you know, they're they're undefeated in their last thirty-two matches. Undefeated in their 17 home games. Haven't lost to Stuttgart in the last 10 matches. However, Stuttgart are a very good team. I There's a reason why I picked them to be in the game of the match day. This last ma- th- this coming match day. It's midweek. The DFB-Pokal. Anything can happen. I'm going to be really hopeful that Leverkusen get the win, but I could also see a loss here. Stuttgart, they're a good team. But I will keep hope. I'll keep hope that my Leverkusen can get themselves a quality victory. Just saying. Then Wednesday... The second game, the last game of the quarterfinal round, it'll be the storybook, the Cinderella squad, Sardbuken from the third level, the three Liga, taking on top flight Borussia Mönchengladbach at home at Stadion Ludwigspark. This is going to be a good one. Both teams have not played each other very often, except for club friendlies. Um, What is big is that Mönchengladbach have actually been pretty poor in their away games, six haven't won in six tries, so they're not doing too hot. Honestly, anything can happen. I'm really hoping that Sardbuken can get the win because it's a little bit of a meme, but I'm not sure. But that's going to be the last game of the quarterfinals. I can hope, but I do think that maybe, maybe, just maybe. Wonken Gladbach ends the Cinderella story. I'm really hoping not, but we shall see. Now, when it comes to transfers, there is a lot going on. In terms of transfers, it's just been straight chaos as of late. Um, you know, Liga MX, there really haven't been any, like, I can qualify as a top transfer as of late, as last week, it's been just a lot of depth moves, a lot of moves, to try and get some guys to bolster, get ready for a, you know, push, so I'm not going to really delve too much on the Liga MX, you know, there's some, there's some moves, like, some players going to the MLS and all that, but really not many moves I could really say are super, like... Major moves that kind of rock the world. The biggest tr- tr- move made this last week, though, Gerardo Arteaga going from Genk to Monterrey for six and a half million euros. Um, besides that, you know, a lot of just moves back and forward, some last minute moves. it's just the deadline is really just coming right up as we speak. We're we're seeing a lot of these teams trying to make their best chances of getting something going. However, for the Bundesliga, we've actually had some pretty pretty big moves. In this last week. So first of all, Bayer Leverkusen picking up Borja Iglesias from Real Betis on a loan deal. That was literally reported last Friday, I believe. Um, no, last Saturday. That one was a big move there. Death move for Leverkusen. Then Sacha Bowie picked up by Bayern for 30 million euros from Galatasaray. That one's actually a very big move. That was on Sunday. Geo Reyna finished up the big move, the one that was speculated for a while. Dortmund loaning him out to Nottingham Fords of the English Premier League. So Reyna will now go and torture the English Premier League for a little bit. And then a couple more loan deals that were made yesterday to wrap up what we have here. Brighton loaning out Mahmoud Dahoud to Stuttgart, which is a big move there because Stuttgart continuing to keep their push going. And then Frankfurt continuing to try and make some moves. They actually picked up a pretty big loan. Hugo Ekitke from psg that's a pretty big move all things considered as frankfurt i'm honestly pleasantly surprised frankfurt is actually making a lot of aggressive moves that i can appreciate they're trying their hardest to stay in this fight they're trying to make sure that come decision time they're in the prime position to fight maybe move up get themselves out of the conference league spot into the champions not champions league spot at least the europa league spot so i can appreciate that but we have no, there's probably gonna be some more moves coming up because it's still the transfer window. Today is still the transfer window, but it's like rapidly coming up to an end, and, and maybe we'll see like a true like another major blockbuster. Who knows? But to say the least, it's been very interesting, and we're wrapping up here with this one. Happy once again to be back in this prod in this booth, being able to do this. It's so much nicer to be in a booth like this some really good equipment, probably significantly better audio quality for y'all first time in a hot minute, but I'm happy to be back into this one. Happy that camp student Radio is once again, allowing me to continue doing it here. Cause I've been really, really missing being in this booth to have a good fun time. So once again, you know, we're wrapping up here. We're going to be continuing to talk about German and Mexican football going forward. The transfer window of course will be ending and we'll just be able to rearrange there. But honestly, I'm really excited for the DFB call. Um, A little nervous, but very excited. And then, you know, later this month, we're actually getting back in action quite soon. February is when, I believe, well, no, March is when the USL leagues will be kicking back off. And I believe at the very end of February, the National Women's Soccer League will be back in action. So, hey, the transition back to including American U.S. football will be on the horizon. So I hope you all enjoyed this one. Once again, this has been another episode of It's Football. Not Soccer with your host, Daniel Cervantes. I'll be seeing you all next week. Have a good one and enjoy.